I'd like you to take your Bible, and if you don't have one, um, you can look up on the screen. For the text of my message today is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, which is a standard version for Grace Assembly Churches. And here begins the reading of God's word this morning. The Bible says, Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. It is so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that again. Oh, let's read it together. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill the good, all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I bring you the word of the Lord I entitled, A Life That Brings Glory to God. A life that brings glory to God. Can I engage you for a moment? A life can be lived and lived somewhat okay in an acceptable manner, but never bringing glory to God. A life could be financially successful and maybe professionally um, engaging, but not bring glory to God. This morning, by the Spirit of the Lord, Pastor Etefia was supposed to take this service. He called me last night and said, Ah, sir, I'm stuck. I said, No worry. Holy Spirit, give me the word. And this is the word to Grace Assembly that we should strive to live a life. That brings glory to God. Paraphrased underneath on the slide is a text for today. Second Thessalonians 1 12a, the Amplified Classic says, May the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified and become more glorious through you and in you. May the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified and become more glorious through you and you and you and me and in us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, our prayer is this. Having given us the life that we have and repurchased it by the blood of your son and blessed us with the grace and sent us on our way to do the will of God with our life, may we not waste a life eating and drinking and on the day we need to give an account, we have nothing to present to you. May our life not be exhausted and expire in foolishness and drifting around the world and following the patterns of this life. May our life be like a sweet-smelling savor, holy and acceptable to you, serving God in an acceptable manner, bringing glory to your name. That the grace of God that has been given to us may not be in vain. Thank you for we will, be, we will distinguish ourselves from the men and the women of this earth. That the heaven may be delighted over us and we be blessed from out of Zion. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. 
as you take your seat help me look at somebody say i'm praying for you that your life your life will bring glory to god tell the person god will be glorified in you and you in him no way no way you are not going to live an ordinary life god will be glorified in you and through you and with you in jesus name come nobody's pointing at me point at me to say pastor i'm praying for you your life oh you're thinking my life is already glorifying god i want it to be more and more in jesus name put those hands together for the lord thank you lord for this word i like the title a life that brings glory to god can i tell you something whether you know it or not your life is going my life is being spent. As a matter of fact, the best way to celebrate birthday should not be um, counting how old you are. The best way to celebrate birthday is counting how much time you have left. I'm 60. And I asked God for 90. And the only reason why I asked for 90 is because I have a 13-year-old son. I want to be around when he gets married. Otherwise, I know <laughs> what is waiting for me. I will exit. I'm going in a blaze of glory. No shaking. If you don't know me, I'm telling you, when you get to that side, you say, this man, it gets sense. I'm serving God. I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm, I'm using this life as an investment for the ne next life. That's what a wise man does. <laughs> now, if I were to count my age according to Oh, okay, you remember that sermon, Pastor Omi, Pastor Kola is in America. Oh, Pastor Kola too has gone to America. I let me look on. <laughs> Pastor Omi just came back. Pastor Kola, look at the seat, it's empty. Nami, look on. Now, I preached that sermon some time ago. Life is a countdown. Life is not a count up. When you count, I'm 60, you won't have sense. When you say, I have 30 years left. Don't you know you will change the way you reason? So I have used double of what I have left. And the last 30, naturally, my strength will slow down. My pace will slow down. I will not be able to run. And so that 30 years cannot even be as easy as the first 60 years. And so life that you have, I'm, I celebrate you whether you're 20, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, you're 60. I celebrate you, but life for every day you live is a countdown what is left is minus today and nobody even knows how much time we don't die at the chronology of age uh -uh. just because i'm older than you doesn't mean i'm going before you nobody knows but a life brings your life is expiring anyway you might as well live in a way that brings glory to god because it's going to be over If we come to church and we don't tell each other, each other the truth, we're just going to be a bunch of fools running around doing the same thing meaninglessly. One of the reasons why you come to church is to hear the truth and to rearrange your life in a way that will be a blessing to God and you also will be blessed. A life that brings glory to God. Hmm. I remember when I hit 60, and I sat down. I said, how did I get here? I still don't feel like 60. I know I don't look like 60. 
I'm trying not to look like 60. <laughs> I sat down, Pastor Omi, and I audited my life. I realized my four degrees in law doesn't excite me. At my age, you go school, eh? If you not go school, you get married, eh? If you not marry, you have children, eh? Where are they? They've gone to America's New Zealand. Children, they will enjoy your money when it's time. Pim, they're gone. Now you go to your house. <laughs> Once they're grown, they're gone. Oh, you don't know that. All of you that have small children, they're telling you something. When they're going, they just wait bye bye. <laughs> I audited my life. My clothes didn't matter. I can't even remember some cars I drove. I've been to almost the continents of the world. I can't even remember the five-star hotels. Everything is a blur. As you get older, everything is a blur. As I audited, the only thing I was glad for is my 27 years of full-time ministry serving God. That's the only thing that really made me happy. I would have looked at 60 and you'll find that I can't smile. The reason why I'm happy is because I have a legacy before God. All those other years, they fizzled out. I can't take them with me. The righteous die and their good works follow them. Don't walk alone into eternity. Live a life that brings glory to God. Can I tell you something? Some people say we're, we're mates. I am not the mate of a lot of 60-year-old men. I senior them far, far. Won't he get any? Senior means how tall you stand. I don't know what your age is. <laughs> you better live a life that brings glory to God because it's going to be tested. They say that when a man is going, your life flashes past. And that's when you realize all those things didn't matter. May we not major in the minors and minor in the majors. You don't get it. May we not live our lives majoring in the minor things of life. Whilst minoring in the major things of life. Did I get it right? Aha. So this message is about that. On the screen you see the word. May the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be glorified. And become more glorious through you. And in you. In all you're getting. What I'm saying this morning. Yeah, get a degree. Get a business. Get a family. In all you're getting, get wisdom. When it is over, Bible says nobody has power to change it. And it's a build up. The prayer, I, I read it again. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12. It says, therefore, we also pray always for you. For one thing. That our God will count you worthy of this calling. What is this calling? You're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that you fulfill all the good pleasure of God. Not your own pleasure. That you fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. And the work of faith. 
that means the work God is going to call you to do will require more than energy. It's going to require faith, the work of faith with power. Why? So that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And you also in him. Not by power, but according to the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to excite you with the results of a life lived to glorify God. People, this is how I put it, people who are bent on bringing glory to God will always be snatched from obscurity and launched into prominence by God. I want you to bring that up. People who are bent on bringing glory to God will always be snatched from obscurity and launched into the prominence of life by God. You know, if I say, live a life to glorify God, some people will say, I beg, uh, I beg. But there's something that happens. God watches. The Bible says his eyes roam to and fro the whole earth looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards him, who are living to glorify him. Why? So that he may prove himself what? Strong on their behalf. May he find you and I in that category in Jesus' name. People who are bent on bringing glory to God will always be snatched. I'm going to prove that to you. I'm going to snatch from the obscurity that people have left you, your struggles and so on. Eventually, you're going to be launched into prominence. Give me 1 Samuel 17, verses 55 to 58. I'm going to show you in the life of David, a man, a young man that was forgotten by his father. His brothers ignored him. Everybody sent him errands of a, of a houseboy, even though he was a prince in his father's house. They didn't treat him like the other guys. And this is what happened to him. I'm talking about a life bent on bringing glory to God. You remember, this is the battle of Goliath. Everybody saw Goliath insulting God, insulting the heritage of God. For 30 days, nobody challenged him. No, nobody was there ready to risk anything for the glory of the name of the Lord. Even the, 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 the Saul that was a nobody that God made king. He did not stand up for God. When you want to live a life to bring glory to God, you will stand up for God. You will say something. You will say this is not right. You will put things right. You will not be quiet. We sang the, the song this morning. I will not be quiet. Come on now. Always. Give me, I will not be quiet again. I will not be silent. I will always worship you. All right, thank you. Now, we sang that song. We're going to walk the walk now. That's the talk. This is the man that walked the talk. The Bible says, when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, somebody stepping out of the comfort zone to bring glory to God by challenging 
It's a sacrilege that was going on for 30 days when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine. The Saul that should have gone, the Saul that God blessed. And I'm speaking volumes to people that God has blessed and they're not standing up for the Lord. And David, with his little catapult, he stood up for the Lord. And when Saul saw him, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? Whose son? Is this a standing fellow? Maybe may the universe see me doing what God called me to do that some people don't want to do and say, whose son are you? The way my children live will determine whether they will ask them, but who is your father? I'm going somewhere. A whole king said, the commander-in-chief of the, of, the, of the armed forces, he had to call himself, whose son is this man? And Abner said, as, my soul, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. Verse 56, so the king said again, inquire again, whose son is this, your, is, whose son this young man is? That's the second time, let's read on. Then, as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the hand of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you? In three or four verses of scripture, the whole of creation focuses on a little boy with a catapult with few sheep, leaving all the generals and all the captains and brigadiers, the king and all, and the whole world, the whole creation is saying, Whose son are you? If you were Jesse, how would you feel? Let me try them on this side. If you were Jesse, the father of David, how would you feel? I have eight sons. Nobody ever asked, whose son are you? To one, three times in a short time. The most important people are asking, whose son are you? Which means your father must be great. May we live our lives in a way that people will ask, who is your God? In a way that they're saying, your God must be the great God. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Saul must be thinking, how come I don't know Jesse? How quickly I should get in touch with Jesse? Do you not know that if we live our lives to the glory of God, people will ask, why are you so different? And when they realize it's Jehovah, the king of glory, that has turned you from a loser to such a winner and such a blessing, they start thinking, how come I didn't link up with this God all this time? How come I, I, I was going to the wrong direction? This is the right way to go. Whose son are you? When last did somebody look at you, the way you live, the way you do your work, the way... You're so kind and say, which God do you serve? Are you a son of the devil or are you a son of God? What is the name of your God? People say they serve God. What is the name of this God? This God has to be the bad God, has to be the right God. Three times. 
times in a short story. End of story. This same David in Psalm 69 and verse 9 said, My strong love for your temple completely controls me. When people insult you, it hurts me. That's, what, that's the, what was responsible for what he did that made Saul ask him, whose son are you? He says, my strong love. I'm speaking to you and you. For your temple, which is the house of God, completely controls me when people insult you like Goliath. It hurts me. How come Saul could see God insulted for 30 days? Did nothing to remove the sacrilege. If you had children and somebody was insulting you morning and night for 30 days and you have seven, eight children and seven of them sat down, did nothing. The youngest one that has nothing at all is the one that stands up to that mad fellow. Who, what would be your response to that child? And that's why I said, if you live your life in a way to glorify God, God is going to snatch you from obscurity and launch you into prominence. That's what happened to David. Do you have strong love for God? Do we have a strong love for the temple and the house of God? The Shunammite woman even had strong love for the man of God. Just because he serves God, Elisha built him a, a penthouse so that he can have somewhere to rest while doing the will of God. You, if you have strong love, it's not talk. You've got to show it. It says it completely controls me. If you can sit back and do nothing when you see something wrong with the church, with the man of God, with things, if you can sit down, there's something wrong with your love. When people insult him, David said, it hurts me. If you're disconnected from the things of God, if you say it's not my business, waiting concern me, heaven I heard you, but you will change today in Jesus' name. The Living Bible, the same Psalm 69 and verse 9, says, My zeal for God and his work burns hot within me. And his work. Some people say I have zeal for God, but you don't, we don't see your zeal. In the work of God. God and his work cannot be separated. That's why. He lived a life to glorify God. My zeal for God and his work. Burns hot. He says. How can you let this uncircumcised Philistine. Challenge the armies of the living God. He didn't say challenge God. The, the army is the work of God. He said no. It ought not to be so. Somebody got to put an end to this nonsense. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 26. Are you getting something? You're too quiet. Are you getting something? I'm showing you who God is and how God rewards those who live a life to glorify him. In 17 verse 26, the Bible says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Listen to this. And takes away the reproach from Israel. God and Israel cannot be separated. You can't say, 
you love God and you don't love Israel. The Bible says pray for the, for the peace of Israel. It's still in the Bible. It says, what can be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? This is the man showing that his strong love for God and his zeal for God and his work burns within him. He said, let me have a go at him. And they said, you're young. The man is a man of war. He said, it doesn't matter. He said, I know God. They gave him the armor of Saul. He said, no, I haven't tested it. God uses what he gives you to do what he wants you to do. He doesn't necessarily need you to go begging people and going around the place. Because God takes little things to do mighty things. So shall he do in your life and mine in Jesus' name. What am I saying this morning? Make up your mind. Help me tell somebody, make up your mind. Make up your mind to do great things for God, for the glory of his holy name, and he will promote and prosper you. I want you to bring that up quickly. Make up your mind to do great things for God, and for the glory of his holy name, and watch, you will see, he will promote and prosper you. Can you say amen? Help me look at two or three people say, please make up your mind. You still have time, make up your mind. As you have the opportunity, make up your mind. The reason why a lot of us cannot live for the glory of God is we're too much about ourselves. Can we talk? Thank you, Pastor Me, Clap alone if you want to clap. Just leave. Let everybody day only. We're too much about ourselves. If David thought of the insult, they said, who did you leave your small ship with? If he thought about, how come I'm not a brigadier like my brothers? He didn't even have a uniform. How come I don't have anything? In fact, they sent me the job of a houseboy to bring food to my brothers. If he thought of all that, he won't step forward. It's, it's true that we have needs. It's true we're pursuing things. But we should not let those things overwhelm us that we don't glorify God. That's a good place to clap. We have challenges. We have things we want to achieve. But don't let those things overwhelm you to the point that you're not good for bringing glory to God. As a matter of fact, that's the reason why God leaves a lot of people in their problems. Because you refuse to add any value. In fact, Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 45 and 5a, give me that scripture says and seekest thou great things for thyself seek them not seekest thou great things for only yourself this is a counsel seek them not in all your seeking for yourself make sure you put god in front i'll put you in front in front of my melody you are all that matters you're all that matters. I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. When we sing songs like this, we say we will put you in front. You have to do it. That's what David did. 
Before the end of the day, the women were singing, Saul, he kills a thousand. David, ten thousand. They were prophesying into the future. He became a man after God's heart. And you read the psalm, it says, My loving kindness I will never take from David. Neither will I let my mercy fail concerning him. Because I found a man who will do my will. What is the will of God? Glorify me on earth. Glorify me on earth. Jesus says, my meat is to do my father's will. To glorify him and finish his work. And the Bible says, it is for this reason God has highly exalted him. I want to make a pronouncement to the church, not just Grace Assembly, to the church at large in Nigeria. Enough of self-centeredness. Prophet Jeremiah said this, don't see great things only for yourself. Enough of self-centeredness. It's time to switch to Christ-centeredness. I'm praying my media team will publish this statement because we have turned Christianity into something that we use God to get what we want and what God wants is not high on our agenda at all. Enough of self-centeredness. Let's switch to Christ-centeredness. That's my message to the nation. If that message was received, we'll find that most of our problems will have gone. Seek great things. This is my counsel. Seek great things for the glory of God and he will snatch you from obscurity and launch you into relevance, prominence, and prosperity. What I mean by relevance is that if you live a sense-sheltered life, you don't know, but the truth is you have made yourself irrelevant. There were many people in the battle, but the only relevant person was David. Saul was sitting on the throne, but he was already irrelevant. You know what God told Samuel? He says, I've rejected Saul. He didn't say, I'm going to say, I have rejected him, but he was still sitting on the throne. May God not allow us to become irrelevant and we don't even know that we're irrelevant. Saul was long irrelevant before he died. David had come into prominence and prosperity was now his portion. Let me show you how this works. In that same story, 1 Samuel 17, let me show you verse 25b, how that a man who lives of the glory of God will snatch from obscurity and launch into relevance, prominence and prosperity. He says, and it shall be when he asks her, what will they do for the man who kills this fellow? And he says, it shall be that the man who kills Goliath, the king will enrich him with great riches. It's enough to say the Lord, the king will give him riches. Will enrich him with great riches will give him his daughter so you now you are the in-law of royalty which makes you royalty and give his father's house exemption from taxes and israel the word exemption means you'll be exempted from difficult things when you live like this when you when you when you push yourself 
to give glory to God that your life may bring glory to God. It says, it shall be that the man, and that man is under the sound of my voice, and that woman is under the sound of my voice, that the king with a capital K will enrich you with great riches and will cause you to move from irrelevance and obscurity into relevance, prominence, and prosperity in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 4, 34. This is the house of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord that should be spoken in the house of the Lord, not our opinions. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And that is the example, that's the son of God and we are sons of God. That's the example that is set before us. It says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. It means I'm not going to let anything or anybody distract me. I'm going to stay on course. That's why when Peter said, don't go to the cross, he says, get thee behind me, Satan, because you're more mindful of the self-centeredness of man and not being Christ-centered. In Philippians 2 verse 9, the New Living Translation brings it home for us, for the, for the Christ who said, I'm going, to, I'm going to finish his work. The Bible says, therefore, God elevated Jesus to the highest honor, to the place of highest honor, and gave him the name above all other names. It wasn't just because it was Jesus. It is for the reason that he took upon the, the body of a man and he suffered a painful death according to the will of his father, building the church and saving man that his father wanted him to. The Bible says it is therefore for this reason that God elevated Jesus. There has to be a reason. And it cannot just be because you prayed. Can we talk? You prayed but you don't live for the honor of God. And you want the elevation of those that bring glory to God. Oh, JC, JC, if J, when JC heard how the king was looking for him just because of David, the order of importance would have changed instantaneously. May we so live our lives to bring glory to God that even before, if we were the tail, we will become the head because we please God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I close. Can you stand to your feet? If you heard me today, stand to your feet. If you've heard the voice of wisdom challenging where you are at, pay attention to the last instruction that I want to give you. Bring that up. So, don't leave an irrelevant, self-centered life anymore. What am I saying? I speak as the oracles of God to you. I'm speaking to you individually. I'm not speaking to you collectively. Let every man pick his own destiny up now. So don't live an irrelevant, self-centered life anymore. Wake up and take up projects and initiatives that will bring glory to God and watch God launch you into relevance prominence and prosperity this is the word of the lord and the lord will bring it to pass for as many that will respond in jesus mighty name bow your heads in prayer and talk to god what is it that keeps me bound in this 
mundane circle of self-centeredness. What is it that I'm so taken up by things that are irrelevant really in the scheme of things, particularly in the, in the light of eternity? I want you to pray. Say, Lord, deliver me. Grant me grace not to live an irrelevant, irrelevant, absolutely irrelevant, self-centered life anymore. Help me to wake up. Help me to wake up from this sleep and take up. Take up my work. Do the projects and the initiatives that will bring glory to God. Because it's time for God to rise in my situation and launch me into relevance and prominence and prosperity. Begin to thank God for this equation that prompts God to do the miraculous in the life of his children. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you that I heard this truth today. I thank you because my life will never be the same anymore. Enough of my self-centeredness. I'm switching to Christ-centeredness. And I'm going to be telling people this is the way forward so that God may find my heart perfect before him. And that he does great and mighty things on my behalf because I'm one of the few that brings glory to his name. Yes, the eyes of the Lord still seeking even in grace assembly. Those whose hearts are right and perfect towards him. That he may prove himself strong on their behalf. Put their enemies to shame. Bless them from Zion. Repeat what he did for David. And, and enlist us in our own generation as men and women after the heart of God. Thank you, Lord, for this word. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory be to God. A life that brings glory to God is the life we're going to live from today. So shall it be in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Help me point at somebody say from today you will live a life that will glorify God you will not live a self-centered life anymore God is pulling you out of irrelevance making you relevant making you prominent causing you to be prosperous if you believe that say amen, amen. hallelujah feels so good I'm able to bring this word and as you go in the course of way, great things will be happening around us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I feel so good. I feel so good. Hallelujah. May our lives bring glory to God. Continually in Jesus' name. May the name of the Lord be glorified through us and in us in Jesus' name. 